Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hello and welcome to today's show. You may or may not know this, but the Janine Boland Show is the syndicated program of four separate podcast programs. And they were all combined in October of 2021. My team and I merged all of these podcasts into one program just for you. Up to that point, we had been running four separate series called The Three-Minute Money Tips, The Thriving Solopreneur, The Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations, and The Practical Mystic Show. Today, though, we are highlighting a podcaster, not only just any podcaster, but we are one of those people where we were inspired by a conversation that we had on his podcast. And if it hadn't been for Bill, I would not have started the 99 Author Project. If you're an author or you know of someone who has a published book, I would like to talk to you. Please email me at janine at the eightgates.com and say, I would like to be on the 99 Author Project. If you don't like email, feel free to text me at 303 747 3760 and say 99 author project and then send us an email and we'll send you a link so we can get you not only on this podcast, but into the book that we are going to be publishing in 2023. So thank you so much for listening to this show today, because this is the man, the podcaster who got it all started for me with this project. He is Bill Carell, the beginner and broadcaster of Lighting the Candle podcast. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this man. Not only is he an eclectic techno guy, but he also has the mental chops to take on complex issues, and he has a very strong, intuitive understanding of what really matters in life. In his spare time, he started working on a project called the 100 People Project, where he would be recording folks and giving their perspective to 13 very unique questions. We're going to go over a few of those today. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you, Janine. It's such a pleasure to, to watch you in action. <laughs> I know you're used to listening to me in action, not hearing and seeing me in action. <laughs> Anytime I can hang with you, that's a very good day. <laughs> Thank you. You're very kind. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed what you were talking about with the 100 People Project. So kind of start off, tell us what, what started that story. I always love the story behind the story. So tell me about what inspired you to even begin this thing. Pretty interesting. Um, COVID has had a huge impact on me personally. And before COVID, I didn't have this beard. My number two daughter requested I start growing it about a year and a half ago. So that's one of the new things about me. The uh, podcast of Lighting the Candle, A World That Work, Works, came uh, out of conversations with some dear friends uh, where we really were not sure what was going on with the news and the media and all of the nonsense with you know, riots and what have you. And uh, we were thinking, you know, maybe people were tired of, of, of that sort of energy draining, uh, the work that, that goes into trying to pay attention to people and you're not quite sure if you're getting the straight dope. So time went on and we got up to somewhere around, I don't know, 75, 80 uh, of those. And I started asking people some questions because I'm challenging the notion that you and I belong to groups. You know, that you and I belong to groups that other people define. And then we have to find ourselves in those groups. 
And in the conversation, somehow it keeps shifting from this group to that group and to the, and, and I'm, I'm really kind of searching for the individual spark and the essential beauty in every human being that is not part of a group at all. It is completely unique to them. No, it never happened before, never going to happen again. And there's nobody else alive like you, Janine. And it's such a pleasure to be looking at your beautiful face. <laughs> so with that in mind, I thought I would go for questions that are apolitical, that have nothing to do with the nonsense of identity politics and that sort of thing. And not because um, I think there's anything particularly wrong with it. I think it's up to individuals to make their own choices where they fall. And that said, I'm not an expert in that area. I'm, I'm a student, but I'm certainly not, you know, as well versed as other people. And I have spent a lot of time looking into it. So I'm, I'm particularly interested in what makes individuals individuals, because I have two beautiful grandchildren that are one of the most unique, uh, you know, cross that you can think of, you know, if you want to talk about uh, some two things that are diametrically opposed in almost any communication or, or, or historical look, they are descended from uh, Governor William Bradford on both of my wife's uh, parents' side. So they are actually just direct descendants of uh, the Mayflower and, and uh, William Bradford. And they're also part Navajo. So they are third generation uh, uh, Native American spent a lot of time on the, uh, uh, you know, the, the res. And uh, so there's, there's two really diverse histories for them to try to understand where they're going to, they're going to find themselves. And I'd rather have them the, have the opportunity to decide where they fall and not have it be told to them by someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Of course, you know, most people that have any kind of self-introspection habit or any kind of self-analysis mindset for them, we all want to develop and grow and expand and be better. And a lot of times we're having to shed the labels that have been put upon us a lot of times against our will, you know, just because, look, you may think that about me, but that's not ticking aside. So I wanted to share with the listeners some of these questions. Now, Bill goes through a whole list of 13. We're not going to go through all of them because I really want you to listen to his podcast. Um, but there are four that really stood out to me when he asked me because nobody, literally well, well, nobody hey. had asked me these questions. Just one question. I thought you were going to interview me with the uh, with the questions. Ah, yes. Well, I'm going to talk about the four of them. So here we go. These four are the ones that to me were like, wow, this is incredible that anybody would ask me this with these questions. So let me share with you the first one. When did you notice what color hair you had? So I don't mind you answering the question, but what inspired you to ask that of people? I have no idea. <laughs> it was just a random jolt and i have you know a story now that you mentioned that that i haven't thought about before or thought about in many many years i was probably two or three years old and uh my hair was getting longer for a change and uh, i had decided that i was going to comb my hair and what I did was uh, in an old anodized aluminum uh, glass, you know, I don't know if you're, you're probably not old enough to know what I'm talking about, but they used to have these beautiful sets with a big pitcher and you could do lemonade in them and stuff. 
Well, what I had done is I went in the bathroom and I stood in front of the mirror uh, and we had a step thing so I could get up there and brush my teeth and whatnot. And I had actually peed into the cup and I was using that to comb my hair. And I went out and I very proudly presented myself to my mother, you know, who didn't share my awe of what I had just done. <laughs> of what you had accomplished all on your own. <laughs> all on my own. So she dragged me back into the bathroom, washed my hair, looked at it, and she said, you have the most beautiful brown hair I've ever seen. Don't you ever do anything like that again. <laughs> and that's when you knew. Oh. My hair's brown. <laughs> I didn't know what brown was, but she told me that's what it was. And this is the other fun question that you asked that I just, I just love it. It's like, what is your favorite thing to do intentionally wasting time? What is your favorite thing to do to intentionally waste time? I mean, that's, that's incredible. Nobody's asked me that before. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, before starting this project, I really didn't even know if people actually did these things, right? Or that it would resonate with them. But everyone has an answer for some reason. And I am not alone. I, I, I too, do things to intentionally waste time. One of the things I do is I play a game called Elvenar. Um, at the moment, I think there are over 100,000 people uh, that are playing this game worldwide. Uh, and I am in the top, usually between 15 and 30 you know, in, in the entire game, I've been playing it for six years and I do put a significant amount of time into it, but it sharpens my skills in the downtime for when I'm trying to do other things that require my, you know, mental gymnastics and, and being quick on my feet. So yes, I, I, I definitely do that. And if I'm going to be wasting my time, I may, may as well master wasting my time in, in a very powerful way. Right. I agree with you. I, and I remember when you asked me that question and the only thing that popped into my head was, well, I hand sew. There's a lot of sewing that I do and I do it totally by hand. Yes, I could use a machine. Yes, I could be productive and efficient and make it go faster, but that's not the point. I want to sit and just enjoy the fact that I'm creating something with my hands. And so in that way, people would say I'm wasting time because I could do it more efficiently doing something else, but no. My brain needs the downtime, <laughs> right? Do you concentrate on the sewing while you're doing it, or is it just something that's kind of, uh, you know, that you're not mindful of and you're just, your hands are automatically doing it? Like My hands are just automatically doing it. I'm not super mindful. So that's why, you know, to, technically speaking, that is a waste of time. I could be much more efficient, blah, 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 if you're looking at it from that type of perspective. And then the other question you asked, which was fun, which was, what is your favorite movie to watch alone, right? Because when you think about watching movies as families, it's always trying to figure out what is the film everyone can agree on. <laughs> right? Yeah. So what about you? What's your favorite movie to watch alone? Um, I have a couple. And one of them uh, I will be watching alone from now on because I watched it for the first time in probably 25 or 30 years. And that's uh, it, it's a wonderful life. Uh -huh. And I have to tell you, um, the uh, the culmination of, of the emotional part of the plot left me absolutely blubbering and completely convulsing and oh, unable bet. to speak. I mean, right. seriously, unable to speak. I was just so in awe 
of that particular moment. And I'm not going to, you know, those of you who know this movie intimately, yeah. you may have a similar response to it. And then there may be other people who, you know, you know, kind of get that it, it's, it's a play. It really isn't, uh, it, it's not a personal message from God, but it sure can be. It sure can be. And it's a, a tradition of my family to watch it every year at Christmas time. So It's Wonderful Life is definitely very much a part of our family's uh, background. But that, that was something that totally, you know, you would ask these questions. Now, the last one um, I thought was just brilliant from an intuitive, you know, that intuitive side of you. And for those of you who don't know what Bill looks like, Bill looks like somebody, somebody right out of ZZ Top. He has that kind of look and air to him <laughs> and he has that long beard. And so it was really fun to be interviewed by him and have him say to me, what is the thing most people misunderstand about you? So I'd love for you to answer that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so part of the, audacity of that question is to be one of those people who thinks they know the first thing about what other people think. And that's just typically not who I am. However, there seems to be some sameness in the types of questions that people will ask me um, and, and what their responses are when they hear about my experiences and, and what have you. And I do know that there's a little bit of uh, a Forrest Gumpian kind of a, uh, a look on people's faces. You know, if Forrest just told you all those cool things that happened to him, you might not be a real believer at the beginning until you go and you do a little bit of research and you go find, wow, he really did. He was on the mall. Uh, he did speak, you know, to, uh, you know, several hundred thousand people. And so I think some of the things that people misunderstand about me is, is that, I, like Forrest, and probably anybody of my generation, it was easy for us to get around and be part of things that were going on. So I stood in the presence of two, uh, two presidents of the United States before I was uh, 10 or 11 years old. First time was when I had my tonsils out, and that was Dwight Eisenhower at uh, Fitzsimmons Army Hospital in, uh, in Denver, Colorado. And then the other one was uh, when um, uh, Johnson... Uh, came to Groton, Connecticut for the keel laying of the, uh, the Groton submarine. And I ran out into the middle of the street and ran over to the, uh, uh, you know, to the limousine and stuck my hand inside. And I said, hello, Mr. President. <laughs> and I was very quickly whisked away by some uh, Secret Service guys. So, you know, I tell stories and I many times in the podcast, I may not be completely accurate in what I'm saying, but the experience and the muscle memory is there. And I'm really feeling like a blessed human being that people would think about me at all, you know, right. not, not necessarily the, that what they what they don't understand. But m my real attention in life is to be a better guy today than I was yesterday. And hopefully the people that I'm interacting with uh, don't mind being part of that process. Well, to me, it's a lot more fun to figure out what we're going to do next with the group than it is trying to do everything by myself. And one of the things that I have enjoyed tremendously about 2020 was being able to finally collaborate with a lot of people who were so active and yeah. traveling so extensively that they were able to share some of their time with me so that I could finally 
be able to get to know them better and be able to get them on my podcast programs and stuff. And so, yeah, there was a lot of horrible things that happened, but I also choose to remember a lot of the positive things that occurred during that uh, period of time. And as we are starting to open up and as people are starting to move around again, I hope they listen to your, your question number 13 here, which was, and what would you like to leave in the world after your life is done? So I ask that of you. I actually would like to experience it before I'm gone. And it's not necessary that I get any credit for it. I just want to be in the presence of people enjoying their lives, you know, as a, as a routine matter. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture demands so little of human beings in terms of their intentionality for their own futures. And the, what that creates in, in too many situations is people who take the, the road of, of, of trying to numb themselves from whatever it is uh, that's on their mind that they really would not like to be thinking about. So, so I would like to just be around people that are once again, curious that have this ability and innate uh, curiosity about what life's all about for themselves and for the folks in their family. And I think, you know, my experience has been anybody that I've seen that really gets excited about, you know, applying themselves to their own lives and really applying whatever experience and, and training that they have into whatever comes next, let it be whatever it is without any consequence for, am I going to be enough? Is it going to you know, do me in? Am I going to be in financial ruin? You know, there's just too much time, I think, people being trained to worry. And um, I, I kind of like, you know, what um, the Dalai Lama said is that uh, our natural state is happiness and joy and love. And those three things, when they're present for human beings, um, it's a beautiful thing. And you and I get to experience those from time to time. And what would the world look like if everyone were experiencing that all the time as they go through their lives, working on the things that may not be working right now? Yes. And that's one of the things that um, the communities that you and I are a part of, that is what we work on with not only ourselves, but with our memberships and our community is to just keep lifting each other up and realizing that it's not always simple or easy. There are times you got to put on your boots and walk through the mud (laughs) and it can be a little touch and go sometimes. But for the most part, uh, the thing that I love about the podcast that you and I run is that we're actually meeting people who are doing their best to do something about it, whatever it happens to be, whatever the challenges that they've learned to solve uh, whatever the solution is they have to a problem that was in their lives. They've come up with a, a program, a system, a book, some, some bit of wisdom to help make the road a little smooth, the road a little smoother for the people coming along behind us. So uh, where can people find more about you, Bill, uh, the lighting, the candle podcast? I mean, where is the best place to look that up? Any place that has podcasts, we are on, I think, 17 or 18 different platforms, including Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, uh, Google. Um, if you listen to podcasts, just uh, search for Lighting the Candle. And okay. you, you'll get to see a, a, you know, our, our picture. And uh, I think we're, we're just shy of 100 uh, episodes at this moment. We will be within, at 100 within the next two or three. 
Excellent. That's good news. You know, it takes a lot to get it to that level of podcasting. Any last words of wisdom you care to share with us before we close out today? So I don't know if they're words of wisdom, but as a place to come from in life, um, I think we wake up in the morning and the first thing that we can do is notice that we are awake and feel joy in that moment that yes, we're here for one more time. And when you don't remember when you uh, wake up and you notice you're awake at some other time later on in the day, it's kind of like a, it's, it's, it gives you a charge. It's like, I, yeah, I am joyful to be here. So seek empowerment and don't necessarily seek anything other than that because empowerment is the source of everything that's good that flows in the, in the universe. And what isn't empowerment is stopping that flow. And so flow, baby flow. (laughs) I like that. Thank you so much for being with us today, Bill. My pleasure, Janine, and thank you for hosting me. And this is the Janine Boland Show, and I'm signing off with you today, all of us here at the Eight Gates that produce the show. We wish you a wonderful week, and we encourage you to get your message, your story, or your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place, just like Bill Carell is doing with his podcast. We'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't forget to go out today and do something for yourself that's just plain fun. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 8